Hello world, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Exchange, a monthly show where we discuss interesting problems in the front-end domain and their solutions through others' experiences. Today we are joined by Giri to talk about Flutter. Giri is a manager experience technology with a diverse skill set and experience across the full stack. He's been a Flutter enthusiast and advocate ever since finding it and falling in love with it a couple of years back. He joins us to talk about why Flutter is better than competition and share practical tips from his own experience in developing Flutter apps. Hey Giri, welcome to the show. Hello Anurag, glad to be here. So Giri, come this May, Flutter will be four years old. But in the mobile development landscape, we know in the grand scheme of things, Flutter is really a newcomer. The tagline on its official website reads, beautiful native apps in record time. Can you talk about it? Sure, Anurag. Um, Flutter is something has been close to my heart. Um, you know, I accidentally discovered it and and fell in love with it. And you know, I can uh, talk about it as much as you want. Uh, you know, um, uh, I know it's been like four years, but uh, what I would really want to say is like it has come a long way, and it is definitely uh, a very potential contender. You know, for all things cross-platform. Uh, right. So, you know, let, let's start with the basics. Um, you, you know, uh, Flutter is basically, you know, a Google's UI tool, right, for building beautiful and, as you said, you know, the native applications like in record time. And, and they also started extending their code base to build desktop applications. So, you know, a, um, for me, it, it is like single code base where everything is, is very close to coming, becoming a reality. Uh, right when when compared to all the contenders that are there in the market, um, and I mean uh, obviously Google is very heavily invested and and supporting it, um, you know because they believe in it. This is the next the biggest thing, the biggest single code base cross platform application that you will have uh, to build great things uh, when it comes to your mobile, web, and desktop, uh, right. Uh, Google is one of the greatest supporters, uh, and the community is huge. Uh, I mean, the community is growing very, very rapidly. Like, if I talk in terms of numbers, like if I if I look at the GitHub stars, um, you know, for a second, uh, Flutter has overtaken every cross-platform application that is there. Uh, like, for example, the the numbers as of today, I'm I'm just switching my tabs and looking at it. Uh, right, uh, the number of stars that I see on Flutter is close to you know 115k. Uh, whereas My the most God, that's are, that's mind-boggling. I know, right? I mean, like I I was not expecting that because the numbers were like at a totally different pace when I started Flutter. And, yeah, and that, like, does does even React have those many stars? So uh, React is close. I mean, there is like 93k stars. Um, which was the highest in in all things cross-platform, right? Like uh, I think 
Facebook really kind of hooked a lot of people with React because it was it was doing exceptionally well. Um, you know, <laughs> until Flutter came into picture to kind of see uh, where things are failing and where where things can be a lot more better. Um, and and I, I mean, uh, like to give you some examples, right? Like there, there are like really um, a lot of people who are, we have production ready applications like the New York Times, uh, Philips and eBay and Alibaba and Google uses it extensively for their own applications. Like the entire Stadia app, the gaming app is built on Flutter. And you know they have a they have a lot more plan for Flutter um, than just what it is right now. Um, you know that the talk is around like you know using it for their you know next generation operating system, the Fuchsia that is going to come in the future. And let me uh, you know um, dial back and touch upon the topic you spoke about beautiful native apps and record time, right? I mean, I, I with my own experience, I think that is totally achievable with Flutter. Um, and and pixel perfection is something that everybody enjoys on an on a on an application that you have on your phone, don't you think? I'm a big fan of Flutter, and before Flutter, I've tried various other mobile SDKs. Um, <clears throat> I started, I think, experimenting with Android in uh, in like 2012, but then I was hooked to hybrid frameworks. And uh, I started with something called EXTJS, XJS. I don't know how to pronounce that, but it later became yeah. Sencha Touch. And it was such a nice and beautiful experience. They used to give those platform-like experience, those widgets. It was beautiful. But then uh, when we talk about Flutter, it's just a different ballgame altogether. I feel that not only it is a different way of developing applications it's it's a totally widget full way you sort of have to think differently um, as compared to the other languages or sdks it's completely declarative it's completely reactive so all those paradigms have been just tossed in together to make that beautiful kind of an experience yeah i i completely agree uh, that is that is what uh, flutter's aim is and i believe they are already doing it um, you know, if you if you go to the you know uh, Flutter website and see their showcase, you can see the UIs were like beautiful, seamless. And I have installed a couple of apps on my iPhone, and I have uh, an Android phone. And I mean, it, it's there is no difference in the experience, which is brilliant. And I guess uh, one of the questions that comes to mind is, how exactly do you think? Uh, Flutter makes it possible to achieve that pixel perfection that everyone talks about. All right. Yeah. I mean, so I think for me, uh, I think the key difference I have noticed uh, comparison to other frameworks that are out there, like you know your React Native and Charmin, uh, from my experience, right? Like choosing Dart as their language, I think given them a huge. Uh, advantage. Um, you know, one of the things that Flutter does differently from other cross-platform applications that are there out there is that it it writes every pixel in in native, uh, which is which is great. I mean, you're not uh, wrapping a native component around uh, you know some JavaScript, right? I think I think I see that as the biggest advantage. So it's very different from, let's say, how the other hybrid application frameworks work. It's not even fair to call 
uh, Flutter a hybrid framework and maybe even compare it to the hybrid SDKs. Uh, so, for example, in INIC, we know that it achieves that cross-platform compatibility by ensuring that the entire application is built as a normal web application, and then it just renders that application in a web view. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and, I mean, and that's that's probably where we lose that pixel for perfection. Absolutely, and and to add to that, right? Like, I mean, uh, like I don't know if you have seen uh, so. For, for mobile apps, especially, you know, the ultimate step is for them to get deployed onto your App Store or Play Store. Uh, and, and I have been looking at Apple's rules recently, and they are being very, very stringent on apps that are just having a web layer inside and, um, you know, having this hybrid kind of approaches. They are really flagging a lot of applications, you know, uh, pushing them back in terms of security, in terms of uh, how they're delivering and you know uh, how it fits into the whole ecosystem uh, so i think i think you know when we look at all this flutter is definitely not going in that hybrid approach um, right and and people who are doing the hybrid applications are also realizing all these constraints right like you know they build everything and then at the last minute they have to like pull back and review things and change things is a painful process and at least for me, uh, when I used to use Ionic Framework, at least in those days, the performance aspect was one of the key differentiators between those hybrid frameworks and something like Re React Native or maybe the actual native SDKs. Uh, performance as in when you have a lot of data on your application's page, and we are talking about literally a web page here, right? And when we have a lot of data there, and the scrolling performance, the animations, they all go for a toss, especially Absolutely. on less featured phones, right? So the the inexpensive phones that everyone just carries around, at least in countries like India and the surrounding geographies, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is That is one great advantage that you get with Flutter. Uh, I think that was one of the common, um, you know, classic challenge that we had with the, you know, the hybrid platforms. The scaling is always a challenge, right? Like when you do a POC, when you do something small, uh, you know, it, it is all good. Uh, but then, you know, when it comes to scaling to like an enterprise level, like say if you want to build like a retail application, which have like lots and lots and lots of data, you know, I, I I remember going back and tweaking a lot of things like, you know, doing multiple iterations to kind of get the performance to, you know, enhance the user experience. Uh, but with Flutter, you have those widgets out of the box. Um, you know, any, any length of data is supported. The scrolling is out of the box. Uh, the dragging and dropping and all possible user interactions, they have thought about every single thing. Okay. The... Other thing that comes to mind, uh, Giri, is that with the proliferation of React and its adoption as the de facto front-end library among the enterprises and the open source community, of course, to build web applications and also mobile applications, it is common to consider React Native to build companion mobile apps because of the temptation to reuse code. How would you justify using Flutter in such scenarios? So this is debatable, man. This is debatable all day long. Um, you know, 
uh, right? I mean, it logically it makes sense. I, I'm I'm not saying no. Uh, I have been in that situation many many times where you know why not to use everything, right? Uh, but for me, the key decision maker to go with React Native or Flutter is when it comes to the user experience, uh, right? Yeah, it's okay for me to um, you know take a little bit more extra time and and invest something like Flutter to deliver a great experience, um, you know, rather than taking and reusing. I mean that uh, so. Uh, with, with Flutter, the development is a lot more easier, and 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 I think one of their core goals in developing Flutter is, you know, they want it to be extremely productive, right? They they want things to take flight instantly, and 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 the moment you start using that, you will see that, like like any component, any widget, anything that you can think of is already there, uh, right? Like like let's let's just take the you know the React. Um, scenario you're talking about you can reuse but then like you know you always go back and change and edit things to kind of fit in uh, I don't know I mean like end of the day how much code base are you really reusing from what you built uh, right I, I have seen challenges where something doesn't work in Android something doesn't work in iOS and then you still invest a lot of time into development right like you know why don't you just take a break and and try flutter uh, you know, th that is what I would say. And isn't it, Kiri, that uh, React Native will require you to modify the view part of the widgets, that is the GSX part, to match the widgets that it provides by itself, right? The React Native library comes with its own defaults. For example, yep. the text component and, uh, and, and these other companion components. So in any case, you probably might not be able to reuse the JSX part as it is. And as we have seen, I, at least I have seen in my experience, when applications are built, very slowly they start getting into that mode where all the business logic starts getting pushed into JSX, right? Rather than yeah. being distributed across functions. Would that be a fair thing to say that uh, that could prevent you from actually reusing majority of the code? Is that what you meant? Yeah, I mean, those are some those are some pain points, right? Uh, I mean, you you definitely should have uh, some process in place to make sure that it it doesn't happen. So, I mean, in in comparison to um, you know the the React Native and Flutter um, Anurag, like few things. Like you know, you the tooling like like the very let's let's talk about the first step, right? Like your setup and your tooling with Flutter, it's like in minutes, and and the hot reload and everything enables you to uh, kind of like just move on with your development process, uh, and and that is where I I feel like um, you know React kind of wraps up a lot of things around the JavaScript that we're doing. Uh, and that also kinds of like slows down things like like that that is where the scaling becomes a a major challenge uh, and i i also felt like the theming part is is like quite easy and quite quick to get around uh, you know in in flutter like the the famous thing like the dark mode light mode you know you just set up a simple simple theme and you know you can move on with it um and and uh, and, and one of the greatest advantages um, with uh, with Flutter is uh, it is very very close to the safe static types 
that that you usually see in like Swift or Kotlin. Uh, that is where you know I, I feel like you know our, our JavaScript falls apart, and then you have to adopt something like TypeScript and do a lot of workarounds around this. Uh, so I mean, like if you consider all of this, you know, in my opinion, I, I definitely want you to go back to your team and you know give it a try to Flutter. I'm sure they'll fall in love with it. Um, and one uh, another uh, added advantage with Flutter, what I have understood is. Uh, people from different backgrounds, like like from front end, when I when I started looking at Flutter, it it was more or less like React, the component architecture, the state management, uh, the reactive UI. It is very appealing, uh, and and you know you just get through the nomenclature of your Flutter, and then you're good to go. And and surprisingly, I I saw the adoption the similar way. Probably that is one of the reasons there is a lot more adoption to Flutter than React Native at this point of time is that. Uh, you know the the developers from iOS and Kotlin are also um, you know getting easily onboarded onto Flutter. Today's snip is brought to you by Pooja Chavan. She joins us to finally put an end to the debate on why functions with hooks are better choice than classes for writing components in React. Hi all, this is Pooja Chavan and I'm currently working on an automobile site. Few technologies I have worked with are Backbone.js, React and Vue.js. So today I'm going to talk about one of my favorite React features that is Hooks, which was released in uh, React 16.8 version. So Hooks basically allow us to use state and lifecycle methods in a functional component. Apart from this, let me state a few points how hooks make our life a little easier as a developer. Firstly, since hooks are used in functional components, we don't have to deal with classes anymore as no classes, which means no constructor and no need to do method binding, which also means that you don't have to deal with the this keyword, uh, which confuses most of the developers. Secondly, you have to write comparatively lesser code while using hooks. What I mean by that is in class components, we have lifecycle methods like component did mount and component will unmount. In hooks, both these tasks can be done using a single use effect function. And lastly, the main motivation behind the introduction of hooks is, the, is reusing the logic between components. In class components, to achieve the reusability, we could use higher order components or render props. Uh, but that is tagged along with complexity to refactor the code. They also create issue commonly known as wrapper hell. Custom hooks are the perfect solution to this problem. Welcome back, Giri. After the quick snip, that was a great quick snip. But I have a few questions still unanswered. So are there any specific paradigms or coding styles that one can learn from developing apps in Flutter or Dart for that matter? Um, I think um, the one thing with uh, Dart and Flutter is uh, the, the coding styles are very standard um, like like you know you have your state uh, it is it is all about reactive UI so you know you you have to 
have a little bit of understanding of state and how it works and then you know that is that is where you start so can we say that uh, learning flutter would probably make you a little better at react and vice versa uh well i don't know if we can do <laughs> that sort of a comparison but yeah i mean um one thing one thing you really can uh, you know get out of flutter is like a a proper uh way of um you know doing your code when i when i mean that like you know your your data models are separated your state is managed well your types are managed well uh and and your whole orchestration uh you know separation of concerns uh, a lot of it comes out of the box um you know where at least from my experience in react you have to put like an additional effort to kind of achieve all that like say for example let's talk a little bit about types like you know you either have to have like typescript or some tool like flow uh, that kind of guides you through your development process uh, so that you don't run into issues at runtime mm-hmm. uh, right i think those are some things that you definitely get better at like um, you know looking at writing dart code like writing you know code in flutter and coming back to react i was able to apply some of those principles like you know my data is segregated my logic is segregated yeah i mean that that's um, that's something i learned so it's my own personal experience any advice on best practices for creating flutter apps well uh, you know i i would recommend start with uh, you know there is something called as flutter cookbook uh, which is available on the flutter where uh, i think they have covered all possible things that you can think of like how do you handle a state uh, you know how do you do a dra- drag and drop uh, and all of that um, you know th- you don't need to reinvent a lot of things um, i would say that's been my experience with flutter like uh, everything is out of the box and and because of the growing community you have like a lot of packages like say for example you know uh, uh, flutter comes with block as a state management uh, but then there are like uh so many other packages out there which kind of really helps you to manage your state end to end like complex states like for example there is provider there is mobex getx riverpod uh you know and, and there are tools for like your uh, graphql uh, and http um uh, i mean uh, there are a lot of things um you know you can consider as best practices um you know when you're looking at uh, flutter apps uh the widget composition model you can you can always look at like an atomic design uh pattern like like you know y- you can compose your components at a micro level and then segregate them really well um right and also uh, i would recommend using the complete uh, dev tool chain that comes with flutter like like you can monitor your network requests you can monitor your re-renders your performance Uh, and and the tool also can tell you like you know how much time a component is taking you know taking time to render and how many times it is being rendered uh, so they have a brilliant tool chain to kind of uh, look at a lot of thing like your profiling and all of that um yeah, so i mean, i have used that uh, yeah, yeah i also used that in the past and i found that very similar to the dev tools that comes with um, chrome right and the yeah. the react uh, dev tools also Ah, uh, provide a similar experience where you can uh, see the entire list of components that are rendered and uh, see the props in the state. Similarly, Flutter also provides that sort of an experience. I think DevTools is a pretty 
good tool and it is pretty unexplored because it just hides in your status bar in the IDE and never bothers you again, never opens by default unless you ask it to. But I think it's a very nifty little tool. Yep, I agree. It's a brilliant tool. Giri, are there any design tools that can export a design as a working Flutter app? Yes, there are. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. Um, so I last year I was in a call with the Adobe team, uh, the Adobe XD team. Um, they they kind of invited some Flutter enthusiasts, um, you know, to come try out their Flutter plugin that they are going to release for Adobe XD, where you know you design everything, and then when you try to export it as a Flutter code, uh, your all components and everything is like out of the box which was brilliant. I, I played around with it. Um, you know, there, there were a few, you know, issues that still needs to be ironed out, but it was a great start. I mean, uh, I looked at the code and uh, it, it, it was very standardized. Um, I really liked it. Uh, and, and there is another tool called Supernova uh, that also comes out of the box uh, with, a, with a Flutter plugin where, you know, you can do a simple design and, and you can export that as a Flutter code. And, and these are picking up momentum, uh, right? Like if you go to their Git repos, you see people reporting a lot of issues. I myself reported a couple of issues um, and, and it is definitely picking momentum. And I would love to, um, you know, I'm, I'm eagerly waiting and, uh, and, and watching out for this space. And how's the code quality that comes out of these tools? Um, well, uh, I've extensively worked with Adobe XD. And, and it's Flutter plugin. Uh, I thought the code is pretty decent. Um, yeah, you know, a few things uh, I thought I wouldn't have done it that way, um, but but it works. I mean, th there is there is no right or wrong, especially when it comes to styling. Like, you know, I, I, I do my own way and they have picked up different other properties. It was a learning for me too, uh, right? To see how the automatic code generated versus how I was writing. A uh, few things can be tweaked and enhanced, of course, definitely, uh, you know, uh, but but I think I think they are doing a pretty good job. What's the best way to learn Flutter? Uh, I think that is one beautiful thing about Flutter I really love is the community. Uh, so the uh, so the recent the very recent uh, learning session that happened with Flutter is, uh, you know, the entire community of Flutter came together and did a 30 days of Flutter, uh, you know, with Google. It was it was a complete, um, you know, a community driven thing, like people from across the globe, like I would probably say like 60 to 70 countries came together to do this session for 30 days. They were like uh, real iOS developers and everything, and they have delivered some great content. Uh, you know, it's all available on YouTube. Uh, you know, if you, are, if you are starting, that's a great starting point because they have went in depth every day one hour uh, they have taken everybody in depth into flutter from ground up to set up to building an application animation state management it was brilliant and and there are um, i have few of my personal favorite channels that are there on youtube and and there are like some good um, courses on udemy um, you know uh, one of the channel um, i was recently seeing is this mtech viral um, which is pretty good. Uh, and I think uh, there is a lot of content already. 
and 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 above everything flutter made it so easy with their extensive documentation like their documentation is so good like you know uh anything you search you have an example you have a you know and and dartpad is a great tool like you know you don't even if you don't have a setup if you still want to go and play with flutter and dart and everything dartpad is a great tool and and there are like a lot of code snippets you can you can just take and play around with understand how it works you know how, how the columns rows animations and and all of that uh, i think i i definitely feel that um you know flutter is really growing uh, there are a lot of channels like uh, i mean youtube has been great there is like a lot of free content from across the world uh, there are like experts amateurs like you know all sorts of uh, learning platforms are there uh, and and <laughs> that is that is one way of us being spoiled right like we have too many choices now uh i would definitely say uh, mtech viral um you know he he's been doing this for some time and he have some courses that that are like crisp and you know gets you to the point uh, and and there are like very uh, elaborated courses on um, uh, udemy for you to kind of go through like every detail of it and go through like uh, 30 40 hours of course and build your own app sort of thing thank you so much giri i'm sure our listeners will cherish this knowledge and i hope they will apply the learnings in the next project i really hope so man yep we are now at the very end of the show and as you know it is time for side bites giri are you ready with your picks um let's give it a try uh if you want i can start with my picks and then we can come to you Yeah probably you can you can do some talking man i have been <laughs> talking a lot why don't you go ahead okay so my first pick is a tv series that uh, i'm still watching it's not over for me uh, although it's just 10 episodes one season it's called scam 1992 harshad mehta story <laughs> okay have you heard of that uh i think i i, I mean the harshad mehta name is very popular but uh, i didn't know they made an entire series <laughs> of his camps uh, exactly you know, what exactly. made it and in fact i had never heard the name uh, before i came to know about the series but when the advertisement came on television my parents recognized this name very just instantly because in their days it he was one of the most influential people mm-hmm. in the stock market and this scam was very well highlighted in the media this is a rags to riches story of course but this guy is as cocky as the stock brokers can get very similar to the uh, harvey specter story that we all love and you know have watched on suits probably but this guy you know he shares a lot of those traits and he just gets to the point and he uses his charm to uh, extract whatever he wants out of people uh, he's manipulative but at the end of the day what the tv series focuses on is that there were a lot of forces behind the downfall of this guy of course as the name suggests it is about the downfall of this guy but what he made the impact that he made in the stock market circuit that was something that nobody had done before 
and this guy just meant business at least as per the series he exploited loopholes in the indian stock market ecosystem rather than doing certain unethical practices that uh, most of the politicians or other people of that caliber just follow to maximize their profits this guy were just exploiting loopholes and by exploiting the loopholes he was able to master the technique of making profits and <laughs> that is what the uh, his opponents hated about him and those are the guys who led to his downfall unfortunately but it at least the first five episodes are pretty inspiring in that you know how he comes to dominate the market and how he starts then to lose a bit of control what are the um, what are the mistakes that he makes on the way and uh, how high he gets with his esteem at certain points of course those are lessons for all of us but i really love this story from a story perspective but then there are brilliant performances especially by the lead actor you know i think his name is um Pratik Gandhi if i'm not wrong really love this guy and i'm pretty sure i'm going to watch anything that comes um from these same sort of people these these actors sometime down the line so yeah. this was my first pick and it's by the way it's based on a book by uh the reporter who reported this story in 1992 her name was sucheta dalal she wrote a book about it and she eventually i think was awarded padma shri if i'm not wrong uh, she was a very popular person uh, she worked for times of india and at that at that time she was a financial editor great series you should watch it yeah it kind of reminded me of the you know the wolf of the wall street uh, you know the jordan belfort correct people call this series the wolf of wall street of india for some reason cool yeah makes sense yeah my second pick is actually not exactly a product or tv series it's it's something small but i think very impactful uh, it's the module federation feature of webpack and it was introduced in webpack 5 it is not available in previous versions of webpack it was not backported but what this thing provides it single handedly allows you to create micro front ends in the easiest way possible if you read about micro front ends it's still a relatively new topic just a couple of years old and the majority of the information that you'll find on the internet those talk about very primitive techniques of integrating micro front ends into a single application right because at the end of the day when you're building micro front ends what your purpose is to ensure that these micro front ends are nothing but small aspects of your entire you know monolithic application what would have been a monolithic application uh, they are decomposed into these small little bits called micro front ends that can be stitched together either on build time or run time later on the line to create the entire application or the page of the that application um there are various strategies out there to achieve that integration but module federation just aces them all and it makes it so damn easy to do that it just you just focus on the uh, business logic and you just delegate everything the uh, you know the hardcore stuff the the most difficult parts of micro front end to webpack uh, that's that's my second pick 
अनफॉर्चुनेटली वेबैक फाइव इज स्टिल नॉट अवेलेबल विद क्रिएट रियक्ट ऐप और मोस्ट ऑफ दी अदर रियक्ट पॉलर प्लेट्स दैट्स वन ऑफ द बिगेस्ट ड्रॉबैक्स एंड आई वुड लव टू सी दीज पॉलर प्लेट्स सपोर्ट वेबैक फाइव समटाइम सून बिकॉज दैट विल रियली मेक द लाइफ ऑफ अस्ट वेलपर्स इजियर yeah i mean i i definitely uh, think that's a great step towards the future because the way you know at least our our frontend landscape is expanding like you know you have a new contender new framework new library every probably 6 months like let's say we have like react vue uh, silhouette and angular uh, you know at 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 some point of time you know if something like this with webpack works like you know we can have we can make a lot of different group of people happy like say one team wants to build it on view one team wants to build it on react yeah i mean sure we have a way to do it yep how about your picks yeah i mean i um so off late uh, one thing i have uh, i mean this is something non work Uh, or non tech uh, for that matter so i have restarted my cycling um so i mean as a kid i i never really enjoyed cycling because i had to cycle to my school to my college and and i really didn't like it so much uh, but then i started teaching my daughter and and i'm in a place where i can't keep up running with her anymore so i had to buy a cycle uh, <laughs> and i kind of started falling in love with it like you know i had a friend and then we do these weekend rides we we ride like you know 10 12 kilometers and and come back uh so it's been refreshing it's it's been great um you know i i felt like i'm doing this all over again it felt so new uh when i got back on the cycle like after like 15 20 years which was crazy that's cool man are you using some sort of a tracker application to track all those miles that you're putting on yeah i mean um there is a tracker application like i have my apple watch uh, so i set it up in cycling mode and it kind of keeps a track of it uh, mine is an older version but it is it is close uh, to being accurate because i have my uh, friend who uses a fitbit so we compare the numbers and they're pretty close well my other pick is is technical um so as part of my new project uh, i have been doing an exploration about mono repos um in my previous projects uh, i haven't really had a chance to you know look at a use case for a mono repo but then you know this project uh, there are specific asks around mono repos um i'm well versed with learna and workspace um you know but then i started exploring this new tool called nx which is brilliant for mono repos like like you know that is like your ideal and ultimate tool that uh, any developer would want mm, one uh, the things i really like about nx is you know the plumbing and and all of that comes out of the box like you're taking care of your lintings and stylings and tests uh, it is absolutely brilliant like like you so for ex- let me take few examples to kind of explain how Uh, how happy it makes a developer right and uh, so say I, i i can generate a react application and along with the application it generates a beautiful folder structure uh, a great scaffolding you have your uh, tests css uh, and and all of that and then it it also generates uh, a cypress uh, uh, test cases uh, an end to end test case for your application which was brilliant 
right? That that kind of saved me a lot of time doing all of that. Uh, and and uh, and they also have like cool features, uh, like you know you can have like separate libraries. Like say for example, the most common use case is like I have I'm building like five pages, and the commonly repeated uh, component is like your header, navigation, and footer. We can so simply separate that out. Um, you know, it, it gives a lot of features out of the box, and you can just import. Uh, you don't have to worry about relative imports. You can you can just directly import. Uh, and and I also played a little bit with the whole micro frontends part of it. Like like I've kind of built a POC where you know I'm running a React app and an Angular app, a GraphQL server. I mean it is it is pretty good. Um, there are there are some flaws, uh, some issues that still needs to be hashed out. Uh, but overall, you know, if you have some time, just go look at annex.dev. It's a it's a brilliant tool. Um, you know, it's a it's a great way to kind of you know a, a tool chain that you can use for building your mono repos. Um, I'm, in, I'm fact, Giri, in fact, in I've been exploring NX for my own project these days and uh, I discovered it pretty recently, although I'd heard about it uh, in one of the discussions that we were having on the um, WhatsApp group. Yeah. Right. Um, but I just uh, started using it recently and uh, I was also playing around with um, mono repos. So I also thought that this thing, I don't know, where was it hiding? Where was it my entire life? That right? was my feeling. That was brilliant. Especially with the dependency graph thing. Did you see that? How yeah. easy it is to see the affected files and uh, just build what is necessary. Yeah, I think that that is uh, a very key thing when you're working in mono repos, uh, like to know exactly what has been impacted. I think they have done a fantastic job in kind of bringing that out. Okay, Giri, thank you so much for joining us on Flutter. I hope everyone have enjoyed it and have a good day. Yeah, the pleasure is mine, Anurag. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, it's it's been a great experience, you know, uh, talking in this podcast, and uh, I uh, really hope you know I uh, you know people start looking at Flutter differently. I'm sure they will. Adios, buddy. Adios. See you guys next time. Bye bye.